Life is often so busy, taking us here, there, seemingly everywhere. When you aren't able to make it to church, we hope you are fed and nourished by listening to the preaching of God's Word wherever you are at the moment. In the meantime, take care and God bless. Good morning and welcome to St. Andrew Lutheran Church here this morning. Um, I'm not sure if I can be as perky as my colleague, Pastor Matthew, was this morning, but it is truly great to see people these days uh, face to face. Uh, Many um, are coming uh, to church perhaps for the first time in 16 months as well, and so it's really fun to see uh, and connect with people in those ways. So welcome uh, to worship here um, as we gather and explore continually now the topic of why Jesus. Why Jesus? Um, Jesus is the light. So rewind the clock in your own head to Wednesday morning, at least I will, to Wednesday morning. Our alarm went off. It's about 530. Uh, Michelle hits it, turns it off, uh, puts it on uh, on snooze, uh, and she opens up her phone uh, long before I do to start scanning uh, the headlines. I prefer just to doze for a while, for as long as I can. So I'm lying there dozing, uh, and she says out loud uh, into that uh, sort of soft light in the, of the room that's starting to come up at 5.30, the president of Haiti has been assassinated. So I didn't want to open my eyes. I didn't need to open my eyes. St. Andrew has been in partnership with Redemption Lutheran Church in Jacmel um, for 11 years now. Uh, Ten and a half years, it began at the time of the earthquake. Remember that happened to this same country. Now we have an assassination of President Moise um, on Wednesday morning. It's the first time since 1915 that an elected leader has been assassinated um, in Haiti. That's not something, even with all of the concerns and challenges of that troubled um, island nation throughout the course of its history, they don't solve problems in this violent way. It was the first country uh, in the Western Hemisphere that was a black country founded in 1804. Can you imagine the troubled history that it had uh, being a country of that origin uh, back in 1804? It took us 50 more years to fight a war in America to decide what the role of slavery is in the midst um, of life in the 1800s and so on and so forth. But Haiti, my goodness sake, does it need to go through something more yet again? again. So I thought about the reading for today here too. It's from Matthew chapter four and the references to these places called Zebulon and Naphtali, uh, the pastor Matthew read for us. And these are the lands that sat in darkness. And as contemporary Christians, as we read the Bible, as we are supposed to do here in 2021, reading the Bible, we're interpreting and we're, we're trying to slot it into our own life and our own circumstance. If the people who sat in darkness in Jesus' day, um, and from Isaiah chapter 9 is really who Jesus was quoting um, here, if the people of Naphtali and Zebulon sat in darkness, the people in Haiti are sitting in darkness. Here we go again. So Jesus speaks to us here um, in our time and place. And I would say not so much even more that, that we're talking about uh, the country of Haiti, uh, where we've had all these mission trips and, and participants. I see people around the room that have been, uh, that have been to Haiti um, on our mission trips. But we're also talking about our own community. So the other thing that happened this week uh, was that just heinous uh, road rage incident on 169 
where Jay Bowden was driving home from his son's baseball game, of which he is the coach. You've heard about this. And he was killed, apparently, because of a lane change issue that happened, a road rage issue gone crazy just up the road. I mean, that's what, five or six miles from here, just 394 and, and, and 169. We look at that and we say, the land of darkness, people who sit in darkness aren't necessarily in other places. The people who sit in darkness are kind of right in our own community here uh, um, as, as we speak. Friday, there was a press conference, and I really feel for families because the press wants to get involved and they want to hear the story. And they, uh, they had a, a member of the family named Stephen Robinson, a brother-in-law um, of Jay, who addressed the press. And oftentimes, people address the press with a written statement, so they stay on cue, they stay on point. Uh, he, uh, as said specifically in the Star Tribune article, just got up and talked. And so he got really guttural got really guttural and he said, this is the world we live in, people. This is, the, is this the world we want to pass along to our children? Is it? Is it? That's direct right out of his quotation. So here's a man and a family that are sitting in darkness. And we as observers from afar who share that highway uh, with them, um, also find ourselves sitting in darkness as well. We have Naphtali, we have Zebulon, we have Haiti, uh, we have the Minneapolis-St. Paul um, neighborhood sitting um, in darkness. And I wonder sometimes what it is that we are supposed to do. I've learned more and more the past few years about uh, the power of social media, about the power of clicking, and about the algorithms that take over uh, our news feeds when we start clicking on news. You've maybe heard about the same thing. If we click on something, the algorithm says, oh, Peter likes to read things about that. So it starts feeding me more things about those kinds of things. Uh, and then suddenly then I'm on the slippery slope to nowhere. And then the ads, of course, then start kicking into my feed, and then the companies start making the money. We've all been hearing about this these days, about how this, this darkness can, can become almost like a runaway freight train. And then we end up down this hole, and then we hear it from our friends, from our family, from our neighbors, who say, what is going on with our world today? But, but it's, it's as though we're living in the land of deep darkness and we cannot see the light anymore. Like the children's comic strip of a little boy running down the hallway and crawling into bed between his mom and a dad. And even though he has a nightlight in his room, he says, it's too dark in there to see the light. So he's going to crawl in between his mother and his father for some safety and security and some sleep. Well, people, as Christians... We're people of the light. We're people of the light. We see it. We trust it. It brings us hope and gives us peace. A couple of images for you. You've maybe seen these. I couldn't find it for uh, our slides at all. But you know those time-lapse 
uh, seeds that are growing. You know, they start underneath the soil and then they, then they bubble up then and they come up over the soil and the leaves kind of open up like this and then they, and they start going and then, and then when the sun comes, the, this fresh seedling tracks the sun as it goes through the sky, kind of like our, our technological solar panels do drawn up into get me some light. I was reading about kelp forests in the oceans as well. Did you know that kelp forests and the kelp can actually grow to be 265 feet tall? I don't know how big redwoods are of those above ground trees, but those kelp forests underground, 265, they can grow a foot and a half a day. Same deal. They're in the darkness in the water. We know what it's like from movies or if you're a diver, how dark it is in the bottom. But, but you got to get up. You got to climb. You got to grow. You got to get closer to the light further and further and keep on going. These are the images of, of nature that we see. And I'm saying with, for you here today is that we also have to uh, uh, seek out goodness and find the light that shines in our world. As Christians, it's grace, it's love, it's peace, it's the ministry of Christ in one way, shape, or form. But we have to be able to see it and seek for it. I return to the Bible here now, too, because there's such great imagery when it comes to people who sit in darkness and make their way into the light. And they chronicle so much, I think, of our own stories of faith and life as we make our way through whatever stage of life we find ourselves uh, in uh, on, on this day. I was thinking about specifically uh, the story of Nicodemus in the Gospel of John. He's just like me. He appears three times in the Gospel of John, the third chapter, the seventh chapter, and the 18th chapter. Okay? The third chapter, he comes to Jesus. It's the third chapter, so it's pretty early in Jesus' ministry. He started doing his signs and started doing his ministry, but he wasn't very far along. But Nicodemus is part of the Jewish council. He's essentially a Pharisee. So I don't know if he's a, an, an infiltrator or if he's a spy or whatever the case is, but early on in the third chapter of John, he goes to Jesus by night in the shadows. Because in the Bible, light and darkness is like the sun by day and the moon by night. But there's also lots of other distinctions of what light and darkness is. He is not yet part of the community. And so he goes to Jesus and he knows Jesus has been doing uh, uh, these, these amazing things. And he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, you must be born, uh, born of the water and the spirit. And, and Nicodemus says, well, how can I be reborn again? I've already been born once. Do I need to go back into my, my mother's womb? How can these things be? And then he just kind of walks out of the story of John chapter three, a little later, Jesus says, um, I am, it says the famous, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. But Nicodemus has kind of already walked away. Now fast forward to John chapter seven, ding, Nicodemus pops back up again. 
He's, the story is, is in the setting of the, of the council of Jews that were there and the guards that were guarding the city and, the, and, and so forth. And Jesus has been doing his ministry over and over again. And, and, the, and the chief priests and the Pharisees there are saying, uh, why didn't you bring him in and arrest him? Uh, and it, we, you know, he's, he's a rebel. He's causing these concerns. And Nicodemus pipes up and says something to the effect of, he deserves, as according to Jewish law, a hearing. We just don't arrest someone, he needs a hearing. And so, so his, his fellow chief priests, those scribes there say to him, he says, well, you're just a Galilean, aren't you? They kind of mock Nicodemus a little bit, but Nicodemus is, is kind of moving here a little bit. He deserves at least a listening to. Well, Jesus' ministry goes on. Jesus is crucified on the cross, and in John 17, guess who appears again but Nicodemus? And Nicodemus is carrying to Jesus, who's been brought down from the cross, and who needs to be anointed with the appropriate customary spices for burial. Nicodemus is accompanying Joseph of Arimathea to bless and anoint and to prepare Jesus' body for burial. So Nicodemus went to Jesus by night in chapter 7 and now in chapter 17. Nicodemus is on this path. Aren't we all? Aren't we all in the midst of darkness, in the midst of all that can derail us or send us down into this hole? And how eventually over the course of living and learning and following and worshiping and praying, we, we, we find a way somehow within our, our, our sources of strength for, for God and the Spirit to say, you know what, it's good to come to church this morning. Or um, it's good to, uh, good to help our neighbors at prop. Or, or, or we have to do the light in the world and not just be in the darkness. But Nicodemus slowly, slowly makes his way into this site. And I, as a biblical interpreter, we all are interpreters of the Bible. For me, when I look at the story of Nicodemus, I say, yep, there he goes. There God goes. And here comes Nicodemus. But I think as people of the light, we seek out the light. Like Nicodemus, he slowly got it. We seek out the light, and we find it in different ways and different shapes and forms um, so that we're not just people of darkness. And the other example that I saw here this week, thanks also to Michelle who showed me the latest, or maybe it's not the latest, but of the Boyd Hubbard land of 10,000 stories. Do you know the, 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 I don't know how many episodes he has, but he is so great. I, I could watch his stuff over and over again, and sure enough, there was a story uh, that hit the wires um, here this week of a 94-year-old man somewhere in Minnesota who'd been married for 66 years, and his wife um, has been dead for uh, a matter of time. And so the story goes is that uh, he has her watch sitting by her, bed, his, her side of the bed, on the bedside table, and he can't move the watch off of the bedside table because it's, so much else has changed and she's not there anymore, but her watch is going to sit there on the table. So it's quiet, um, and he's lonely, and he has an idea. He calls a construction company, 
and they come over to his house and they start a project um, in the backyard. If he's quiet, if it's too quiet, and he's terribly lonely, how can he receive a little light and give a little light at the same time? He's going to put in a pool. He knows in his community there isn't a municipal pool. And so there's footage on the story, Boyd Hubbard's story then, of this pool getting built. And then, of course, the last uh, minute of the series is kids swimming underwater with an underground camera, and, or underwater camera, and they're having a great time. There's laughter and joy. The one stipulation is that the kids in the neighborhood can't come over without supervision. So moms or dads or whoever needs to come over and, and supervise. And here is this man seated in this, the you know, lawn chair by, by the pool shaded by a tree, talking with a mom and talking with a dad, and all you hear is joy and giggling um, and fun happening in his pool on a really hot summer. And it washes over me and makes me smile. Because while we're living in a land of darkness, Neftali, Zebulon, Haiti, Whatever We can find it wherever we want to look, the, neg the, the negative, the darkness. There's light like Nicodemus' story. There's light like this man in the story of, of t a land of 10,000 stories. And so we asked this question during the sermon series, why Jesus? And I, it, it does hit where the rubber hits the road, doesn't it? I think for us Christians, we have to have, why, why Jesus? Because Jesus is light for the world. That there is peace, there is opportunity, there is forgiveness, there is love, and, and, and that's what we need in our world. That's what you need in your lives, and that, frankly, is what gets me out of bed in the morning, is that we have light that comes with Jesus. So my homework to you here is to see the light that shines. Don't let the other darknesses overwhelm, but let the light shine, for surely it is there in ways to surprise and delight and to move us so that we then can be light in the world ourselves. So help us, God. Amen. We hope you found this week's message helpful as you think about how you will live out your faith each day. If you would like to support the ministries at St. Andrew Lutheran Church, you can do so by having your credit card information available and then texting a gift to 952-260-9007. Thank you, and God bless.